You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Emilio live in Tennessee. We got Chris down there north of Dallas uh, just hanging out, ready to talk a little 49ers here, get ready to uh, kind of game plan against them. You'd think Emilio was in Green Bay today. Emilio, how many uh, how many inches of snow y'all get down there in, in the Knoxville? Probably. We're pushing four to six, I'd say. It's uh, right. it's covered. The street is just a whiteout. And those people really know how to drive down there, don't they? Oh, tell me about it. In the snow? <laughs> yeah. You tell, you telling me we're not going down I Kill You Highway? It's over, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For those of you listening, there's a, a road called Alcoa Highway. And I lived in Knoxville back in 2001 is when I moved down there. And at that time, as soon as I moved into town, people say, hey, just be careful on I Kill Your Highway. And I'm like, what? They call it I Kill Your Highway. Tried to type it in. Tried to pull it up on the maps. Nothing's yeah, like, pulling up. <laughs> where is this at? I don't see it anywhere. Man, it is so bad down there. So bad. So it's basically a, a four-lane road that's tighter than a banjo string, mm-hmm. and everyone does 120 mile an hour on it. And, yep, and you got you to gotta cut across to make your turns. Yeah, except when it's, you know – three inches of snow on the ground. Then they do 130 miles. Away. <laughs> right. Anyway, there you go. There's your, uh, your weather report from uh, the Knoxville area. Chris, how you doing this morning, buddy? Uh, not too bad. We got a light dusting of snow in Dallas yesterday. It was down to 15 degrees. So it's, uh, it's chaos ever after the beating. Yeah, that's it. We beat them and then we bring the snow to them too. And they just, the whole, whole state falls apart. That's <laughs> exactly. right. Nick McSwain in the chat said, Clayton, I'm not super familiar with the Niners this year. You have any idea how they compare with the quote better teams Packers have played against Lions, Cowboys, Bears, D, uh, etc. And then he went on to say, Awesome. I, I told him we're going to hit on that today. He said, I see people saying the Niners defense specifically is going to dominate, but it seems like they've played better defenses already this season. You know, Nick, I I, I was in the dark on that too, man. I was kind of like, How how good is this team? We're going to hit on it. And I'm going to give you a little teaser. They're that damn good. They are. It's it's wild. It's like 
I would borderline say it's historic good. Just yeah. how well that roster is constructed. And, and I know people like to really prop Goody up like he's this, you know, just elite GM. Listen, the Jordan Love thing, I've given Goody a lot of credit this year. When you look how this 49ers roster is put together, my God, John Lynch is a wizard. It is it is wild that they just continue to plug people in and they're off to the races. But yeah. um, anyway, we'll hit on some of that too. But, Nick, that's basically going to be kind of the theme of the show. Here's what I wanted. Listen, Packers total access. I know this is good morning, Lambo, but Packers total access. The vision I had for this pod was total access. Ha, huh, surprise. Like, I wanted it to come from a perspective of, look, yeah, we're going to get on here and have fun in a post-game show. We're going to have a blast with that stuff, just a bunch of fans. First of all, it's for the fans, by the fans, right? That's that's who's running this show. And then on top of that, we wanted to look at it from the Packers' perspective, almost like we're in the building, like we're the slappies. We're the guys at the bottom of the totem pole that, you know, are getting paid next to nothing to work for the team. Mm-hmm. How are they approaching the week that is, right? And even in the offseason. So that's kind of our approach to how we're going to take each and every week. I think we failed miserably at that this year because <laughs> you're trying to get your feet under you and understand, okay, I wanted a a structured schedule the entire year where we go, okay, on Monday we're doing this, Tuesday we're doing that, Wednesday we're doing that. A couple of different problems came into effect. One of them, my wife wanted to drag me all over the country all year long. <laughs> so that, that, that hurts it a little bit, although we did have a blast traveling. Um, but the uh, – that's kind of the approach. So today, what are we looking at? It's Tuesday. We're going to do Chalk Talk tonight. Chalk Talk tonight, nice. is, really, it should have been on Monday because the team kind of goes back through the tape on Monday, right? They're going through the tape and going, okay, what do we do good? What do we do bad? What do we need to clean up? All those things. So we'll do Chalk Talk tonight. But they also, on Tuesday, they're looking at key players from the other team. They're looking at game planning. They're trying to put a game plan together to defeat this team they're going into this week with, right? So it all starts with the analytics. It all mm-hmm. starts with, what personnel are they running, right? All of those things. Uh, how often do they blitz? How often do they uh, do they play middle field open, middle field close? Let me give you a good example. Last week against the Cowboys, we, we went right through their defense, right? And what did we say? We came away with they like to play a ton of man coverage and they play the majority middle field close, right? Mm-hmm. So what did we say? Who are our man coverage beaters? We found out Romeo Dobbs. Okay, Romeo Dobbs is our man coverage beater. What happened in the game? They went to Romeo early and often. To the mm-hmm. point they started mixing in zone. They didn't know what to do. So we're going to kind of approach it the same way. We're not going to look at, uh, you know, man versus zone. We kind of got an idea of which receivers are good at that. But we're going to dive into it here. You guys got any questions before we get started here? Chris Emilio. No, no sir. All right, so, all right, so obviously the matchup's going to take place there, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox on Saturday. Let's go, man. It's going to be – I'll tell you what. The house money, right? We've mm-hmm. said it all year long. We're playing with the house's money. Here we go. Their schedule. Let's just take a quick peek back, okay, at what they've done this year. I mean, they are a real, real, real streaky team, right? You, They opened the season off with uh, with five wins. Then they dropped three in a row. Then they what, won six in a row, lost one, won one. And then that game against the L.A. Rams, you got to kind of throw out. If I remember correctly, they sat their starters. So they did, yeah. You got to kind of throw that one out. So the way that NFL teams approach this, right, is they look up and go, okay, who are the Tuesday players, the Tuesday, Wednesday players, the players that we've got to spend all Tuesday and Wednesday game planning for to take out, right? Look at the bottom of the screen, team leaders. Brock Purdy, these are points, okay? So this is uh, is according to SIS data, and this is from the 33rd team. 
This is how they graded these players out, okay, as far as what did they do, you know, total points-wise, meaning if you have positive plays, they've got a point system that they grade the players out on, right? Brock Purdy is the eighth in the entire league amongst quarterbacks in total points, okay, uh, sitting, uh, I think, at 114 points. Charvarius Ward, their cornerback, is the sixth highest-graded cornerback according to total points. George Kittle is the number one tied in in the league, grading out with 47 points. And then Brandon Ayuk, wide wide receiver, third of 120 that they've got on this list with 46 points. So some of you guys are going, that don't seem like a lot of points. You mean by 46 points? When you have negative plays, then you have negative points, right? So this is kind of the, the, the sum total, if you will, of the entire season. All right. Now, if you want to get a real true grade on those players, you would go, you know, points per play essentially is what you would do. Right. So you can kind of see, okay, how effective are they? Because if someone just plays a ton of snaps, even though they may be the third highest in the league, if they played every snap for that team, then they're going to obviously have more points than other players who might have a higher rotational rate at that position or the teams, I should say. So typically what they do, we go through the last four game saturation. Okay, your previous four games. We're going to throw out the Rams game. Okay, so you would look at the Commanders is the most recent one, right? You would look at the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. You're only as good as your last game, right? We always say that. That's why NFL teams, NFL coaching staffs, go back through and scout the previous four game saturation. They'll also look at the last two head to head you had against that team, unless there was just a major overhaul in the coaching in the you know in the coaching room, right? In this case, I don't think it applies to really either team. So when you look at their last four game saturation, let's start at the top, all right, and work our way back. They were. That had the Seahawks at home, they beat them 28 to 16. The Seahawks, according to SIS, their ranking is the 16th best team in the league. Okay, they beat them 28 to 16. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. They were on the road in Arizona. They beat them 45 to 29. Arizona grades out as the 13th best team, according to SIS. Okay, uh, versus the Baltimore Ravens at home, they lost that game 33 to 19. Right, Baltimore is the second highest graded team in the league, according to SIS, ranked team, I should say, ranked team. And then, of course, you had the Washington Commanders. They beat them 27-10 to 10 at Washington, and Washington was the 28th best team in the league. Okay, so just to kind of give you a last four-game saturation. Now, let's jump into what the 49ers do real quick. Team offense, according to PFF. Listen, the way I look at PFF, this is individual performance. Okay, this is – even though it's a team metric here – This has taken everything that the team did collectively together, right? So this is how the players are performing on the field. Some people look at this and go, oh, man, they're a bad offense. We need to fire the coach or it's bad play calling. I don't see it that way. I see it as here's how the players are performing based off what we think their assignment is and the result of the play, right? And there's a a way that you can dig deeper into that. We don't have time for all of that. So this is essentially how are the players performing their offense, Number one, according to PFF, with a 91.0 PFF offensive grade. Okay. Just to give you a quick glimpse, according to PFF, it's the number one offense in the league as far as how the players are performing. On defense, this is what Nick was asking about. The 49ers are the second highest graded defense, according to PFF, at 89.9, only behind the New York Jets. You guys know I give the Jets a lot of crap, right? Mainly because. I mean, they gave up 64 points to the Dolphins. So that's the Dolphins. They're a super team, are they? Did you watch them play Kansas City the other night? 
little cold. You know, so <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective, what why is the Jets graded so high than on defense? Because they're loaded with studs. You got Sauce Gardner, you got Williams in the middle, you got mm-hmm. you got all these these great players on that defense. That's why they're grading out so high. And they gave up 64 points uh, in two games to the Dolphins. And then they turned right around. I got roasted for mentioning that. Whereas total points, it just amazes me how people still think that that points aren't important when it comes to looking at defense. A couple weeks later, what happened with Cleveland? Cleveland dropped 34 on them. Right. Well, it's because their offense is – okay, now we're blaming their offense for their defense giving up 34 points to an NFL team. That's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. And maybe there was a pick six mixed in there a time or 12 this year. Could have been. But that defense, to me, it says they've got excellent players, but they're not performing well on the field. The Packers, if you climb down this list, are 21st in PFF grade defensively. That's all I've been trying to point out this year is the players haven't performed up to the level of having eight or nine first-round picks, however many it is. It changes every week, it seems like. <laughs> right. One week, some, someone's saying they got 12 first-rounders. Oh, no, they don't have that many. Oh, they must have 10. No, no, it's like I don't even know the number anymore, to be honest with you. Lost so, exactly. So just wanted to point out the 49ers are second in the league in defense. All right, now let's talk about offense. Let's game plan against their offense. First of all, you guys got anything to add? Emilio, Chris, anything that, you got to add? All I got to say is that's a lot of blue and green on their offense there. The only thing that they're struggling with is uh, pass blocking. So yeah. we need our front four to have a game. I would say, absolutely. Uh, it, all we got to do is contain the run. They're gonna they're gonna run it on us. It's gonna happen. So let's just not, um, you know, let that be the gusher, and right. let's just kind of chip away at them with the, with the um, with a couple passes, and you know, let let Brock set his feet and see how he does. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say that too. That you know, their their uh, pass blocking looks like it it's graded kind of bad, right? And you're probably going, well, well, how in the world are they so efficient on offense? How are they graded so high on offense? Let me show you a quick clip. This is from Brian Baldinger. This is what I mean, too, when I say that I like to kind of handpick people that I trust and I've got a lot of respect for and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to lean on them as my scouting uh, department, right, as my, my film study department. When it comes to scouting rookies coming in, guess who I lean on? It's Greg Cosell. And they put out so much content, you can use them as, like, personal assistants. I know that sounds silly. But that's kind of how I look at it when I'm trying to go through. Rather than me go, I've got an emotional attachment to this player, this team, this situation, this side of the ball. Here's how I feel. And now let me try to cherry pick a bunch of analytics to make it fit my narrative. I like to shut my damn mouth and go listen to someone who spent 11 years in the in the league breaking down tape and going, hey, this is kind of special. But just to kind of prove a point here, uh, Emilio, what you said about the pass blocking, this is what they're doing kind of passing on the fly, if you will, okay? Right. I want you to watch Brandon Ayuk in the scramble drill here and how he just prevents the defense from plastering. And look at Brock Purdy, what makes him so good. This is Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow and go like his stuff, man. He's an absolute blessing to every football fan who's willing to drop their ego and listen to what he's got to say. Here we go. Brandon Ayuk is having some kind of a season. He leads all National Football League receivers in yards per catch, over 18 and a half yards a catch. And sometimes you got to go to work for your receptions. Sometimes you got to just keep working, keep working to get open so that Brock Purdy can find you. And on this play, you need two to tango. So let's watch Brock Purdy just navigate this pocket with the offensive line right here. Like you look right, you look middle, you step up because that's what they told you to do, step up. And then you retreat like you're a... 
human joystick right there. And then you point. And then you tell your receiver. You go there to the back of the letters and I'll find you. And you make this throw. Like what a combination Purdy and Ayuk has been all year. So when you see the low pass blocking grade, right, Emilio? Yeah. And you think, well, how are they so efficient on offense? There you go. Brock Purdy, I'm listen, people have got to stop with this. He's not as good as they're saying he is. It's BS. That dude is the real deal, man. He is He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And when you look at their offensive grades, just to, just to people them really, really quick, Brock Purdy's their fifth highest graded player. We just showed you the total points. He's eighth in the league on their roster. 88.4 is his PFF grade. So it shows you just how well he's playing there. We're, we're going absolutely crazy over Jordan Love, and rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was playing at 88.4 level for the entire year. Jordan's on an epic tear here the second half of the season, right? right. But, you know, Brock and, Purdy has had some hiccups, but he's played like this most of the year. Go and ahead. to that point, it looks like uh, what's his run grade, 90? Is that a 90.6? So when he is running, it's efficient, and he's making, you know, he's making it happen with his legs too. And he's protecting the football, right? Right. Definitely protecting the football. Because if he had a lot of fumbles, he may not have any fumbles running the ball out of the pocket. If he has a lot of fumbles, you're going to see that running grade go way, way down real quick. Mm-hmm. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, Clayton, and all this, all this being said, you know, I I mean, listen, the 49ers are our kryptonite in recent years. Um, this is a stellar team, but I'll tell you, I, you know, and watch I've watched a lot of their games and and um like that Baltimore game, I really think that they exposed him. If they're able, if, you know, if you're able to get pressure on him, he's willing to do things like throw back across his body and take risks. And, uh, and, you know, the Ravens and some other teams uh, were able to capitalize on that. And I think in a lot of their losses, the common denominator denominator was that they had flustered, uh, they had flustered the QB and and uh, were able to to generate some turnovers. Mm-hmm. And I you saw that's... right there, Chris. I'm sorry, Clayton. You saw right there on that last play. I mean, he scrambled around. You know, Ayuk was just running running free at the end there. But as long as we can, you know, as long as we can kind of hem him in, it doesn't. Ha- the problem is, is when you're trying to cover for eight seconds. All right, you know, it's defenses yeah. aren't built for that. But uh, sure. you know, as long as we can kind of contain him, that's it. Yeah, and people immediately think he had eight seconds to throw the ball. That offensive line played great. Wrong. Right. It broke down from the beginning. <laughs> it broke down almost twice. There was almost two chances for sacks there. I mean, he almost ran into his own left tackle. So it's like, you know, we gotta we gotta crunch the pocket. We gotta stay in our rush lanes. We gotta stay, you know, strong on our TEs, ETs, all that. Yep, absolutely. And I think the way you beat him, don't get caught rushing too far upfield and get mm-hmm. pressure right in his face. Mm-hmm. Put it put it right in his lap. Take the number one read read away and get pressure right in his lap. So we're seeing that one of the weak spots there, probably the offensive line according to the overall team grades. So, all right, now let's talk about personnel. What kind of personnel? The reason this is so important, I don't hear a lot of podcasters talk about personnel, and I don't understand why, because personnel is what dictates what you're putting on the field on defense. Mm -hmm. Offensive personnel dictates that. It's probably why those same podcasters are constantly ranting about why is Preston Smith in coverage? Because (laughs) you're not focusing on the personnel, my friend. And some people go, well, I think that's silly. They shouldn't have to match personnel. I'll tell you, a team that doesn't match personnel is the Dallas Cowboys. They come mm-hmm. out and say, we're going to play a lot of dime. How did that work out on Sunday? Right? We mm-hmm. ran the ball down their throat, and Jordan Love was efficient on play action. So, And when they did dial up the pressure. So it's important to kind of put that into perspective 
in that regard to how you, you know, how you approach that aspect of the game. What personnel are they playing? Right. So the 49ers, I'm going to go full screen here so my old eyes can see this. Uh, 11 personnel, 39 percent of the time. That's 31st in the league. So they run. There's only one other team in the league that runs 11 personnel fewer than them. OK, probably I don't want to guess, but Miami, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Miami. Right. Anyway, 31st in the league at 39 percent. So you're going, well, who do they got on the field? 21 personnel. They run 21 personnel 36% of the time. That's second most in the league. And they run 12 personnel 13% of the time. That's 25th in the league. Now, we don't have the time to dig through all the tape and go, okay, when they're in 12 personnel, here's what they're looking to do. Here's their top three passing concepts, their top three route combinations, and their top one or two targets that they always get the ball to out of 12 personnel. I promise you they're doing that at 1265 Lombardi right Mm -hmm. now. They're digging into that information. We just don't have enough time to, because I would be divorced if I took the time to take it that much. Right. All right. So, but 21 personnel, uh, second most in the league, 12 personnel, 25th most in the league. So what does that tell you? You're going to see a lot of 34 jam fronts from the Green Bay Packers. When they go 21 and they go 12, you combine those two, that's 35% of the snaps, right, is going to be triggering our base defense. Now, what is their EPA ranking? When they're in 11 personnel, their EPA ranking is first in the entire league. When they're in 21 personnel, they're eighth in the league. And when they're in 12 personnel, they're first in the league. So you can see they're efficient across the board. They're more efficient in 11 and 12 than they are 21. You're probably going, how is that the case, Clayton? They've got Kyle Juszczyk. I'm glad you asked because I looked at that same metric and I was like, hold up a minute. What's going on with Juszczyk? Look where he grades out, guys. 32nd on the roster on offense, 57.6. Our boy Juszczyk might have finally hit the wall, and he's been a great fullback for a long time. Mm -hmm. So you want to know why they're sprinkling in 12 personnel? Because Kyle Juszczyk is doing the same thing that uh, our boy DeGuara is doing right now. He's just underperforming. Now, when you see two players that were specifically put in a position, one of which, Juszczyk, who's played great throughout his career, I think we would all agree, and then you see – uh, someone like DeGuara coming out of college that we use a third-round pick on going, that's going to be our use check. And they're both getting their rear ends handed to them right now. Tells me the league is caught up. The league is very cyclical. So that fullback is starting to get phased out, and you're seeing the Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur approach of bringing in 12 personnel as opposed to 21 personnel. That makes right. sense. Yeah, he only had, what, just under 500 snaps? So half, half, the, half the team snaps there and five run plays. So he's yeah. either he's either pass he's either going off for a route or he's or he's run blocking, you know. So, um, but like you said, he's he's been great forever. But the fact that they're they're first eighth and first in EPA, you know, we gotta we gotta come out to play. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Now let's talk about specific down and not not necessarily distance, but specific downs. Okay. Like they the coaches like to get these heat charts. They like to look at, okay, how well are they doing first? How well are they doing on, on, on the late downs? How good are they in the red zone? How good are they at midfield? And when you look at the EPA ranking there, if one's hotter than it is cold, then you go, okay, we really need a game plan around this. They'll go to their slappy, one of us guys in the building, and go, hey guys, here's what I need. I need every single snap from midfield on late downs for this team. Go find it for me. And those guys are up till 4 a.m. coming through that sleeping at the facility. Right. But I know, I know Joe Schmo from Kokomo on Twitter said that Joe Barry shouldn't do this. Right. <laughs> so that's why it's important to put those things into perspective. The the dumbest coordinator on either side of the ball in the hundred plus year history of the game, you know, of the NFL is 100 times smarter than the smartest Twitter head. I promise you that. (laughs) It's like people say all the time, Clayton, you need to get in the coach. And I'm like, I don't know a thousandth of a percent of what. And when I hear people dogging people like Joe Barry or even the worst coordinators in the game, I immediately think I would love, I would pay money. I wish I would pay for this pay-per-view event. If you would take that big tough guy on Twitter that thinks he understands ball better than these coaches in the league Mm -hmm. and just sit them down one-on-one at a table, talking ball, film it. I would pay a hundred bucks to watch you. Yeah. Absolutely annihilate. That, that would require you to get their full actual name, though, Clayton, not uh, <laughs> Joe Schmo from. Yeah, not not him, Bubger. One. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, gotcha. So there's their personnel. Now, when you when you look at the overall, right, or overall first first ranking, right? They're they're ranked first in positive percentage plays and EPA per play. Early down, they're first in EPA per play. They are uh, first in positive percentage plays on early down. Late down, they're third, I believe, is that number I'm looking at, right? Let me let me go large here just to make sure I'm not telling you all wrong. Yeah, it looks like third on late down. They're fourth in red zone efficiency, according to this, okay, in, in EPA per play. Positive percentage plays, they're first. And in midfield, they're first in positive percentage plays, and they're first in EPA, if these numbers are correct, from the 33rd team. So, just a, a really, really, really efficient offense. Now, what do they do specifically on offense? Let's hit that real quick. Um, offensive identity. This is the stuff that I just drool over. I love digging into this stuff. So they're in shotgun 60% of the time. That's 28th most in the league. They're under center 40% of the time. That's fifth most in the league. They're using motion 76% of the time. That's second most in the league. No motion 24% of the time. Obviously, it's 31st in the league. They run gap run 23% of the time. That's 31st most in the league. 
And then zone run, 77% of the time, that's second most in the league. So they are zone, zone, zone run heavy. That's what you're finding there, right, guys? They're zone heavy yeah. and they're under center with motion the large majority of the time. So mm-hmm. make that note, right? right? Now, how often do they run play action? They're a big play action team. Wrong. But I thought Kyle Shanahan was heavy at play action. Guys, the league is cyclical. Things are constantly changing in the NFL, okay? So play action, 22% of the time, that's 21st most in the league, right? So they're in the bottom half of the league when it comes to playing uh, play action. So they're just kind of playing the majority drop back. 78% of the time they're playing a drop back game at 12%, uh, and that's ranked 12th in the league. So what that tells you is they're playing under center. They're either running the ball or they're drop back passing. They're wasting no time with play action. I mean, I don't want to say no time. They're still, you know, 21st most in the league. There's going to be play action. Mm-hmm. It's just in the grand scheme of things, they like to play the drop back game. Or right. they, they'd rather get it out into Christian's hands or I use or Debo's hands faster than, you know, going through the play fake. Absolutely. So now man and zone, <clears throat> they have faced man coverage 21% of the time. That's 28th in the league. Okay. Not played a lot of man. Most teams are playing zone against them. That was 63% of the time, if I'm looking at that number correctly. That's seventh most in the league, okay? Versus the blitz, 28% of the time, right? That's seventh most in the league. So teams are trying to blitz them. They're trying to take advantage of that offensive line kind of underperforming mm-hmm. in a pass-blocking sense. Under yeah, pressure, 37% of the time, that's 12th most in the league. So pressure is kind of hitting home. Short drop, 60% of the time they're playing the short, short drop game. That's 10th in the league, 10th most in the league. Deep drop 25% of the time, that's 18th most in the league. So now you've got the tendencies. What sticks out to us there? What do they like to do the most? They're under center, right, and they use motion. Mm -hmm. What they don't do, they don't play gap run most of the time, just 23% of the time, so they like the zone run. So they're under center, zone run with motion. That's what we're coming up with here. They don't run a whole lot of play action, but they run enough that you got to respect it. They play in the drop back game, 12th most in the league, right, there's been a heavy saturation of zone defenses play them. So you probably go back and go, okay, how do they play against zone? How do they play against man, right? Uh, they're being blitzed seventh most in the league, and they're under pressure 12th most, right? So when you look at it, putting a game plan together, what does their EPA look like? They're not really bad at very many things. It's really only one thing that they're bad at, and that's gap run. Right. And does that even matter with them being at 31st? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they are they are cooking with everything else on EPA. Absolutely. Um, but but there, I mean, I think it's going to be big on the communication for the secondary with motion coming in at 75% of the time. You know, we run a lot of motion, so I'm, I'm glad that they're seeing it in practice. But they're going to have to talk, 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 talk so that they know what's going on with with all this crisscross. Absolutely. Good so point. go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was just saying good point. I mean, I for me, I'm really surprised that they've been blitzed as much as they have. Um, right. Just because is as dangerous as the offense is, so I don't know. You know, I'd like to see more data. You know, as far as how that breaks down, as far as success rates, because I think that the success rates are probably pretty low um, because they're executing. But uh, very surprised to see that uh, that pressure rate. Mm-hmm. Got it. There you go. Number one Packer fan says changing my tag name to Joe, <laughs> Joe Schmo from Kokomo. LOL. I, I like this. Eric Sutherland just says, let's take a quick shot at AFAM. AFAM drinks decaffeinated coffee. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I love this rivalry between Eric Sutherland, Paul Robertson, and AFAM. Uh-huh. Constantly going. 
I love it, love it, love it. All right, so when we talk about run, right, and zone run and, and, and them running the ball really, really well, I think we would all agree they're one of the better running teams in the league. I mean, my goodness, when we look at it here, what was it, zone run um, on offense? This is, yeah, offensive identity. Make sure I get the right one pulled up here. They're That's number right. one in EPA, mm. zone run. So let's go to our expert, man. Hey, senior scout, Brian Baldinger, bro. Talk to me. What's yeah. good about their running game? Watch the tape for us. Yeah, here we go. The new year is a great time to celebrate and reflect what has been happening to this 49ers team. Let's watch Trent Williams. Backside blocks are as important as frontside blocks, and sometimes your backside gets the block done. Let's be thankful for Trent Williams. And then how about Jake Brendel? Do we ever talk enough about Jake Brendel? On this New Year's Day, you block the nose tackle, and then you get out. You get out on the perimeter. You get around juice right here, and you go hunt somebody up, and bam. On New Year's Day, how about a nice Macy's Day two-for-one sale like Jake Brendel? And then how about this blitz pickup right here by McCaffrey? Bam, look at that. It looks like a fort point protection. Like that's a fort right there to throw behind. And then you get this. No one wants to be Kittle. Nobody wants to be on film like this. When Kittle kittles you, like it hurts. And everybody goes down. It's like bowling for dollars. He knocks all the pins down. And how about Colton McKibbins? Do we ever talk at all about Colton McKibbins? All he's done is played over 99% of the snaps this year and protect the quarterback as well as anybody from the right side all year long. And how about John Feliciano? No matter where he goes, like just get to that second level and pick off that linebacker so McCaffrey can get loose. And how about Burford? How about Burford with this hook block on the Washington Commanders' best player? Deron Payne. Sometimes you got to fight for it. You got like you got the hand in your face, and you just keep digging and moving, and then pff, McCaffrey will find the opening, and then you just get this. Like on this new year right here, can we just celebrate this? Like just elephants on parade. McKivitz, Burford, Feliciano, they're all downfield picking guys off. It's a good New Year's. Time to reflect. Great job up so, I mean, I think that was Debo, that too. Wasn't it? Yeah, that was Debo in the backfield. Yeah. So look at that flow. They, as, you, as you're playing that, Clayton, they like don't this new year worry about right that here. front left side there. And then the whole whole backside of the offensive line flows into the second level. Look at that, dude. It's unbelievable. Uh, that is called zone blocking, my friends. <laughs> and look at the little pin at the end. You know, some people refer to this as pin and pull. I don't know if you technically call it pin. Look on the far left side of the screen. Mm -hmm. that in right there is that you yep. i think that might be you check i can't tell though that was the only block they were worried about getting too they Absolutely. didn't care about anybody else on the d-line they said our guys can outrun yours we're getting to the second level it's over look at that hat on a hat right there you're plus one you're plus one look at 76 over here looking for work on the right side yeah on a, on a 28 sweep you're plus one that's that doesn't happen too often <laughs> and debo just looking to kill somebody too i love that guy all right, I'm gonna hate him this weekend. I promise you that. Yeah, so that's just oh, a, yeah. a look into their running game, right? Just a just a quick glimpse there. Um, and now let's uh, hopefully you got a good idea of what they do on offense, right? Let's look at the individual players real quick. Um, and I'm just gonna rattle them off for those of you on the pod. At the top of the list, Brandon Ayuk, um, 92.3 for Brandon Ayuk, um, wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey, 90.6. You know we're all excited. Yeah, 812 snaps, over 800 90. snaps for both of those guys. Mm. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're excited about Aaron Jones and everything, right? We're over here, you know, drooling over the last three games. Man, he's played great. 
Christian McCaffrey, you're going to really, really, really find out how good this Packers defense is, um, how this Packers team in general is this week. We're going to get tested on both sides of the ball. If they keep it close, the future is bright. If they get boat raced, I think the future is still bright, but we got a ways to go to build this roster to get on 49ers' level. If we somehow, some way go in there and beat the 49ers, <laughs> boys, we got us a new dynasty launching. I'm just yeah, telling you because this team is loaded with talent. Uh, Matt Pryor only, uh, what was it, 42 snaps, but still 88.5 at tackle. Uh, Brock Purdy, 936 snaps, 88.4. We talked about his passer grade, 83.6. Running grade, 90.6. So passing grade, 83.6, a little bit more down to reality, but still just a great grade there. George Kittle is an absolute monster at the tight end position. Like I said, he graded out as the first highest in total points, according to uh, SIS in 3013. He's an 87.6. Jordan Mason, halfback, only 100 snaps, but an 84.7. Debo Samuel, 708 snaps, still grading out at 83.0. Um, ben Barch, uh, guard, only 28 snaps, 81.3. Feliciano, we were just talking about that guard um, that uh, that uh, Baldy was breaking down just now, 478 snaps, 81.2. And you guys are going, but I thought they were bad at pass blocking. Look at his pass blocking grade. 66.5, run blocking, 87.0. These offensive lines are totally the opposite. The Packers are really good at pass blocking, horrible mm-hmm. run blocking. The 49ers are bad at pass blocking, really, really good at run blocking. So it's kind of yeah. cool to see two different ways of building the roster there and both coaches leaning into what their offensive lines do well. Yeah. So, And going back to your Tuesday players, Clayton, the or your Monday or Tuesday players, you got your top five, I would say, Ayuk at ele- number 11. They probably just go through it as numbers. So you got 11, 23, uh, 85, and I would say 19. You'll you'll pass on Brock and Jordan for right now and bring up Debo, uh, George Kittle, Christian, Ayuk, and um, that's who I got, right? One, two, three, yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I mean, th- those are the those are the key guys. That's who Barry's. You know, that's what Barry's looking at. That's who we're scheming around. That's what we're trying to line up the defense for. You know, who's going in motion the most out of those guys? All that stuff. We're trying to. You know, decipher. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and warn you guys. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. 21 and 12 personnel heavy. Yep. You're going to see Preston Smith in coverage. Brace yourself. Yeah. It's a 34 defense. Unless you want to constantly bring five, you're going to have him drop into coverage a few times. You're going to see it. You're going to see him drop into coverage and be on Brandon Ayuk. And people are going to go, they very thought Preston Smith could play man cover. It's not man, you moron. Mm-hmm. Focus on what's on, happening on the field. And we're going to need such a big game from them, too, from the edges and from the from inside backers. Just Absolutely. because that second, like like we watched in that play, they don't even care about the, the D-line if they don't have to. They're climbing to that second level. we got to get off blocks. we got to fill. they got to they got to shoot it if they see an opening. You know, we need that McDuffie, you know, fill the, fill the backside hip of the tackle and fill that hole. Absolutely. So, be a good time to hit. That's what she said. But we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. So, like, what what Emilio's saying is they're not saying, "Hey, we got to stop Ayuk. We got to stop Ayuk." They're attaching numbers. They're going to say going into this week. Usually, it's just one. Like last week, it was just CD Lamb. It was, "Hey, look, we got to stop eighty-eight guys. Let's shut eighty-eight down." We did. You seen how frustrated he was, right? Yep. Now this week, you're going in saying you got to stop eleven. You got to stop twenty-three. You got to stop eighty-five. Pick your poison. What do you guys, if you had to take a wild guess, what do you think old Clayton, boring Clayton, would, would say we should do? Probably play a little shell. 
keep everything in front of us, mm-hmm. right? Try not to bite on those play fakes, that type of thing. Now, I think I think you got to start off Clayton with McCaffrey, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, if you if you can't if you can't get a, your arms around the run game, I, I don't see how you, uh, how you move forward. Yeah, right. and they and they didn't have McCaffrey the last time we played them in that playoff game where we held them to six points or whatever it is. Right. That's right. the other outlier. Is everybody's kind of sitting back, going, you know, Barry dominated Shanahan last time. Let's see, uh, let's see what happens here, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, there were some elements. There was some snow involved too. I got you, but I think in their last regular season matchup, we beat them as well. Um, but they didn't have Brock Purdy. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Whole mm-hmm. different beast now. So, and how much can we learn from that too, Clayton? You know, it's two completely different teams at this bingo. point. Bingo, man. So many people are like, well, you know, historically, the it doesn't matter. Like it's. For the for the history books, absolutely. It's a mm-hmm. you guys know I'm a history nerd. But as far as this matchup right here, I could give a rat's rear end how well the 49ers played the Packers in 1994. You know what right. I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't apply. So it's just fun for I don't want to say I don't want to be rude. Um, it, it's fun for you know, some fans like to like to look at that and pretend like it actually has some weight in the game. That's cool, you know, fan how you want to fan, right? So, Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely, man. How much do you think, you know, they've kind of had our number, I would say, um, over over the years? Um, what would you say from a culture standpoint, you know, the player, a lot of the players are new. You just got done talking, you know, it's a whole new, a whole new game. But culturally, you know, um, do you think that a, a team can have another team's number? And how much of an impact do you think that is just from an attitude standpoint? Yeah. When you say they had their number, I'm sure you, you're getting visions of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're getting, you're getting visions of uh, who was the running back? Was it Raheem Mostert? Am I thinking right? That ran all over them, right? Yeah. Two, yeah. Here's, the, here's the thing that comes into play with that, Chris. It's a great question, too. Um, Colin Kaepernick isn't their quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And Raheem Mostert isn't their running back. But more importantly, we have changed defensive coordinators now. This is what I've tried to point out to people, that when you look at what Joe Barry has done compared to past defenses, this is the best version of our defense that we've had in the last, golly, since Dom Capers was dominating. Like right. it, And I'm not saying they're dominating. They're no, by no stretch of the imagination. But this is the best version of it. So I, if, if you're asking me how do you approach that with the players, I'm going to that meeting. It's probably not even getting talked about by them because they're looking at at the matchups they've got to win one-on-one. The offensive line's looking up and going, who do we got to beat across the ball from us? On the right. defensive line, they're looking up and going, how do we beat Trent Williams? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? How, yeah. how, do we, how do we beat your uh, your Barches and your Felicianos and your Jalen Moores and these guys that are grading out pretty decent? They're also looking at McKibbitts and, and Brendel and some of these guys that are, that are graded out a little bit lower and have over 1,000 snaps. They're looking at those guys and going, hey, look, we can beat them with this. They're right. watching the tape. You know, Kenny Clark is going into looking at Brendel's tape and going, all right, which one he is. Where's he gotten beat at? Show me. And they're going to the slappies. They're going to Emilio. And going, hey, Emilio, here's what I need from you, buddy. <laughs> I need every one of, uh, let's see, uh, who did I say, Brendel. I need every one yeah. of Brendel's snaps, okay? And and I need every one of his snaps where he gets beaten in the pass rush, okay? And then Kenny Clark digs through that tape and goes, okay, what's he getting beat with? Oh, he's getting – all he's getting beat with is a swat and swim. Yep. I'm, I'm going to play my rush gap, and I'm going to hit him with a swat and swim until he gets used to that. And when we get deep into the third quarter, then I'll hit him with the, the punch, pull, and rip. Mm-hmm. Right? 
they're they're looking at those moves, those individual moves as they're game planning as well. So to answer your question, Chris, God, I got the long-winded answers. I got to get better at that. <laughs> it's that stuff gets thrown out the window. It's what's the matchup across from you? What's the game plan the coaches are putting together right now in this moment? Right now, us as fans, it's man, they've had our number. But it's the reason I don't see it that way is because my most recent, you're only as good as your last game. My most recent version of playing the 49ers is we've we've kind of handled them here lately i think we've got since that playoff matchup where they ran all over us right with Mostert or whoever it was we've kind of beat them you know mm-hmm. now when you say the the 49ers game there in the championship game i don't look at that game and go man we got manhandled we had a punt that got blocked in return for a touchdown and we had a field goal blocked and i think we lost by three points so right. i don't yeah. look at that game and think man they've got our number i look at that game and go why in the world did we, uh, you know, neglect uh, trying to clean up this special teams for so long, especially when we had a four-time MVP at quarterback? Now, it's looking right. like we got a potential MVP candidate at quarterback moving forward, and that's exciting. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. Let's and keep special teams buttoned up. That's it. Hopefully they're not circling the name San Francisco. Hopefully they're circling who's going to be across from me, 85, you know, 11, 13, whatever. That That's what we need to focus on. we got to stop looking at, you know, what – uh, what their colors are stitched on their jersey. Let's just worry about a number and who we're going to hit. Yeah. Uh, just checking the chat real quick. Green Ranger says, I think it could be a low-scoring game. Wouldn't that be wild? Two of the best teams in the league, and then all of a sudden Joe Barry holds them to 17 points, and they hold us to whatever, 14 points or 21 points, and we somehow, some way get a win. That would be absolutely wild. That you go out and drop over 40 points on the Dallas Cowboys, which, by the way, you guys notice, and I, I hate to be this petty, but you guys notice midway through the season, everybody was screaming, let's get Al Harrison here. Not people in this chat, but people all over Twitter. We need somebody from this Dan Quinn defense. <laughs> Didn't hear from him Sunday, did you? Is <laughs> we were absolutely boat racing that defense. And I tried to point out all year long that – and it wasn't like that I'm this smart. I'm just looking through the, the analytics and everything. I'm going, damn, man, they suck at stopping the run. Right. Like, and, and here we've got kind of the run buttoned up a bit the last few weeks, right? We're, you could tell we're leaning on stopping the run. So um, I'm excited which will, about it. Which will help us. I mean, if we're leaning on stopping the run, this is the game that we need to really lean in on it. Let's, I, I think we got to kind of make Brock um, throw it a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Gino in the chat says everyone needs to tackle after first contact. It's going to be huge because Debo, Debo will run through tackles. Christian McCaffrey, you've seen him mm-hmm. hitting the gaps there, man. He uh, yeah, arm tackles aren't going to cut it. Not at all. No, you need yeah. to tackle the waist, the hips, the legs. I mean, tackle his ankles, but two hands, strap them up. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what will cut it, though, if you were to ask me. Um, and that's the – go over and check out BetUS, all right? And Gino officially sponsors BetUS here with the, with the chat. Let me get that down. Uh, BetUS is the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. If you guys want to support the stream and do it in a way that costs $0, just click on the link in the description of this video. That will send you directly to BetUS. And by using that link, it lets them know that we sent you to them, okay? If you ever want to put any action on the game, just make sure you gamble responsibly. We try to give some tips along the way. I don't give tips like, hey, guys, you should bet on this. I just give tips from a perspective of, I'm thinking about putting a low action on this prop or this here, this, that. But when you get to the playoffs, I find myself more focused on what we're doing right here than actually putting a little bit on the game. So, again, that's BetUS, the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them jumping on board with us. Now, let's jump back into the game plan. Let's hop over to the 49ers defensive side of the ball. What do they do well? We we talked about a game plan against the offense, right? Hopefully you come away with a little bit more information from the perspective of how teams dive into game planning for these 
these different teams, these different organizations. But on the defensive side of the ball, they're just as good as they are on offense, guys. It's going to be a tough, tough day at the park. Um, base defense, they're only in base 18% of the time. That's 19th most in the league. But, again, I point that out because a large majority of the time, you'll, you will see something that triggers. Like last week, think about this. This is perfect yin and yang from last week. Last week we showed you no matter what, they play a lot of dime, don't they, guys? Okay. We we know that the team is – we showed you the offensive personnel, how all across the league people mix in personnel. You may be 11 personnel heavy or 21 personnel heavy, but you still run a healthy mix of both, right? It's very, very few times that you see a team is only running 12 and 21 and not running nickel. You've seen the 49ers still run a, a decent amount of nickel, or I'm sorry, 11 personnel that triggers the nickel. So with that being said, you know teams across the league are running those multiple looks. What does the 49ers do? The Cowboys ran a ton of dime. They basically said, we're just going to play a lot of dime and have ourselves in a position to stop the explosives in the passing game, and we're, we're not really that concerned with stopping the run. The 49ers are quite the opposite. I'm going to jump down to dime defense. They run dime defense less than 1% of the time. That's 32nd in the league. So they are totally opposite than the, uh, the Cowboys in that regard. Yeah. And what do they have? One of the best defenses in the league. That's why when people are talking about plucking someone out of the Cowboys defensive coaching staff, I'm sitting there going, you guys are not focused on what's going on in the league right now and who's actually having success. So base defense, 18% of the time, that's 19th most in the league. Nickel, 80% of the time, that's fifth most in the league. So they're leaning on nickel. When Mm -hmm. we go to a 10 personnel, which rarely happens, probably – I would be surprised if it actually happens, seeing that you've got Musgrave and you've got uh, you know uh, Tucker Craft having a, a great year. So you're probably going to stay in at most 11 personnel the majority of the time. They're just going to stay in nickel. If you were to go to 10 personnel, they would probably still stay in nickel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they would approach that. That's what those numbers are showing me with 0% at the dime. That's assuming these numbers are correct. And I have no reason to believe 33rd team just completely screwed this up. So they're in base defense 18% of the time, nickel 80% of the time. All right, let's hop down to gap run. Against the gap run, they face 42% of the time it was gap run. That's third most in the league. So they've been preparing for gap run all year long. Uh, zone run, 58% of the time. That's 30th in the league. So they haven't faced a lot of zone heavy teams, guys. Mm-hmm. What do we run heavy? Zone mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. Bookmark that mental note right there. With their with their EPA ranking at thirty one, right, Clayton? Absolutely, you seeing it, man. I'm going to run through the percentages, and we're going to hop over and go. Okay, how do we put this game plan together? This is how we found last week that the Cowboys were going to play a lot of cover one man, mm-hmm. and Romeo Dobbs needs to have a big day because he's the the man coverage beater in our wide receiver room. These are the type of stuff, the the tendencies you want to look for. All right. So uh, gap run forty two percent of the time, zone run fifty eight percent of the time. That's thirtieth most in the league. Um, obviously, they uh, you know there's only two other teams that's seen zone run le- uh, uh, less than the 49ers is what that's saying. Man coverage, 20% of the time they're playing man coverage. That's 23rd most in the league. 65% of the time they're in zone. That's 10th most in the league. So you're going to see they're, they're kind of uh, vulnerable to the zone run. They haven't seen it a lot, and their EPA is 31st in the league against zone run, right? And we'll recap this real quick in a second. Zone, they play 65% of the time, all right? Mm-hmm. Three rushers. What about the pass rush, Clayton? Glad you asked. Three rushers, 1% of the time, that's 32nd most in the league. So they are very, very, very seldom dropping eight into coverage, okay? Uh, 
four rushers. 78% of the time, they're only bringing four rushers. What makes this defense so good? You can keep seven guys in coverage, bring four, and still apply pressure to the opposing teams. And that's why they're sitting in nickel all the time. If you can bring pressure with four, what's the point? Yep. And what do we try to do when, when someone comes out in 11 personnel against us? We go nickel two, four, five, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to bring four, but if we can't hit home or four, that's why we're settling on bringing five a little more often than the 49ers. But right. 78% of the time they're rushing with four, that's fifth most in the league. How often do they bring five rushers? 15% of the time, that's 24th most in the league. How often do they bring six-plus rushers? Just kind of all-out blitzing. 5% of the time, that's 12th most in the league. Okay, pressure, they get pressure on opposing quarterbacks 37% of the time, according to this. That's 27th most in the league. I'm sorry, uh, that's 10th most in the league. Uh, So they got a really, really good pass rush, obviously, with those PFF grades. Now, secondary, middle field open, middle field closed. Okay, middle field closed, single high safety, 27th most in the league at 40%. 46% of the time they're playing middle field open. That's 11th most in the league. So you're going to see more middle field open than middle field close if they stick to the game plan. Now, let's go to the EPA. What are they efficient at in all of these looks? So when they're in their base defense, which is uh, only 18% of the time, they're seventh in EPA. When they're in nickel, they're eighth in EPA. There's no EPA rating uh, for Dom because they don't play it. All right. <laughs> so when you go to, uh, let's see, uh, gap run. They're third in the league in EPA at stopping gap run, right? But against zone, like Emilio pointed out, 31st. Make a note. Right. And you would think, and you would think that they would be decent at it because they're they're practicing against it. I mean, you saw it in the clip against Washington. They just they don't even care. They're blocking an area, you know. So the fact that they're 31st in it, you know, against it, that's that's exciting to see. But what what gets you better at something like that, Emilio? It's live in-game reps, yep. right? Let's yep. bounce back to tendencies. They face gap run 42% of the time. That's third most in the league. They mm-hmm. face zone 58% of the time. That's 30th in the league. So they haven't seen a lot of in-game reps in-game reps in yep. stopping zone. It's only in practice where we know they're very, very, very limited on hitting and all those things, right? So just make a middle note. You want to attack them with zone run, all right? And you want to be patient with the zone run. Their EPA is in the absolute basement when it comes to stopping zone run. So let's lean on zone run heavy. Who's our best player, arguably, right now outside of Jordan Love on offense? It's Aaron Jones, right? The last mm-hmm. few games. That that looks pretty good if you could stick with it and not get sugared into seeing ghosts out there. Um, so, man coverage. They play man coverage, like I said, 20% of the time. Their EPA and man coverage is 13th. Their zone EPA is fourth. They run zone 65% of the time. So, they're going to be in zone coverage. A large majority of the time this year, I don't think there's any reason to come out of that zone cover seeing that they're fourth in EPA. They're having a lot of success with that. So you're going to see a lot of zone, right? And their weak spot's going to be zone run. So you're going to set your game plan up to play zone run on offense, right? And you're expecting zone coverage. Now the question becomes how often do they blitz, right? And what's their EPA? We talked about that. Their EPA, when they bring only four rushers, is seventh in the league, Okay. When they bring five, it drops to 11. When they bring six, it drops to 14. Now, again, when you talk about how often they blitz, six-plus rushers, 12th most in the league, four four rushers, fourth most in the league. What they're going to be doing, guys, is they're going to be sitting back in zone, and they're only bringing four a large majority of the time. All right, They're going to try to get pressure with four guys. That's their game plan. So now, middle field closed, middle field open. We've established they're going to play zone, and they're vulnerable to zone run. Okay? 
Middlefield closed 40% of the time. That's 27th most in the league. Middlefield open 46% of the time. That's 11th most in the league. When you look at the EPA, Middlefield closed 17th. Middlefield open second. So what you're going to see last week, what did we come away with? Dallas is going to play heavy man coverage, middle field close, single high safety, and they're going to blitz a lot, right? What we're seeing with the 49ers, quite the opposite. They're only going to bring four rushers, they're going to play zone, and they're going to play shell coverage or middle field open, which means two high safeties. They'll do some late rotation, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, some themes for Musgrave. There, there you go, dude. It's uh, And, you know, that's the thing, too. When you play middle field open, Right. When you play, and they're really good at it. Don't get me wrong. We you got you got to run them out of that shell look. Yep. But also, if you're going to attack the middle field, what's my favorite passing concept? Slot cross. Mm-hmm. Clear out the middle and get that backside dig. You've got four windows of opportunity to throw to you know, to those two routes essentially. Right. So if you go play action, let's say we come out in eleven personnel, um, and you know, a matter of fact, they when they're in base, right. It's uh, you know only 19th most in the league. You know if we come out in base and we come out in 12, uh, 12 personnel, it's going to trigger their base. Their EPA gets a little bit better, right? So what if we stay in nickel, run them, run at them while they're in that shell, that middle field open look, see if we can get them into single high looks. And when they do play man coverage, let's make sure we capitalize on our matchups. But last week we said Romeo Dobbs big game, right? Um, with the way this defense is set up, you would think, who are our zone beaters? We pointed out our zone beaters are Jaden Reed, Reed, Reed yeah. and Bontavian Wicks, right? Mm-hmm. So they could have big games. The problem is middle field open, their EPA is second, right? When you look at their zone coverage, middle field open zone, they're fourth. So what does that tell you? If anyone has a big game this week, it's going to be Aaron Jones. He's going to be the reason we win this game on offense. Mm-hmm. They're weak against zone run, 31st in EPA, and they're strong at playing shell zone. Right. To, you know, And, again, the, the receivers I think that could have a big game are going to be those guys that are zone beaters because there's going to be a lot of opportunities, right? So, And the receivers are going to be big and stretching the field too. To open up that zone to even get, you know, a shot of crack, and we need, we need you know, Scoot and all them to be able to stretch the – stretch that defense and spread that zone out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Eric Sutherland in the chat said, run, run, and run again. Yes, sir. That's what I'm coming away with. And here's the thing, just like what we said with Dallas, and they did try to mix in some shell, and that's why we ran all over them. Did you guys see them pointing out they were trying to show a two high? They tried everything, mm-hmm. and we were just so efficient as offense, they couldn't do anything about it. I think it's going to be much more difficult against the 49ers, obviously. Yeah, but- and I think Matt's going to cook up some some uh, some plays to get Jaden the ball. You know, because if if he is, you know, he's been so efficient for us and he didn't get the ball at all, really, last game. So I, I think that maybe, you know, maybe they're sleeping on him a little bit. Maybe they're not checking on it. You know, they're not checking the tape on him as much. And I think Matt's going to cook up a little Debo, a couple Debo plays for uh, for Jaden coming up. Yeah, and also the tight ends. Tucker Craft and Musgrave, really good against zone, if I remember correctly. Yep. So you're going to see them sprinkle that in. You could come out in 12 personnel, two by two, 12 personnel a tight end on each side of the line of scrimmage, right? And you could come out and run your slot cross with the tight end. You could have the tight end run the crosser and then the Z or the X, depending on who's the Y, run the backside dig to attack the middle of the field. You could even run what we call dagger, a dagger concept where you run, let's say you uh, you run our boy uh, Musgrave down the seam to mm-hmm. clear it out and then have the backside dig, you know, at the, at the yep. mid-level, underneath it 
and then have an angle route from Aaron Jones underneath. But again, I'm with you, Eric. We're sitting here talking about we keep coming back to the pass. Got to run the ball. Got to take right. advantage of it. Yeah. And that wide trail's not going to open up until we run the ball, right, Clayton? Bingo. Bingo. And if if we're seeing this, just like I said last week, if we're seeing this, the 49ers are damn sure seeing this. So they, they may throw a complete wrench into everything, right? I guarantee you this, though. They're looking up last week and going, boy, that didn't work out for Dallas. They're probably watching the tape against Dallas and going, let's do the opposite. Because <laughs> that did not work, right? So as far as their blitz packages, you know, we pointed out they uh, they blitz, what is it, uh, 5% of the time, that's 12th most in the league where they bring plus six or whatever. Let's go to um, – I wonder, I wonder what that looks like, I guess we should say. I wonder what that looks like on defense when they blitz. Let's let's dial up a cat blitz here from our, our boy Brian Baldinger. I called him earlier and said, "Hey man, what'd you find on the blitz?" Here we go. I love some of these blitzes of Steve Wilkes on Sunday against Washington. Look at this: Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Gibson all coming right here, all coming after Sam Howell. They play this matchup zone behind it, and there's really no place to go with the ball. And Howell's just lucky to get the ball out of his hands. Then they bring this corner cat blitz right here. They bring Lenore, so they're going to be a man short. It's actually a good play right here. This hitch right here on the outside of Samuel. So here comes the speed. Here comes Fred, right? Here comes Gibson. Like, they just smother it. I, they know that it's, they've got no bloody blocking out there for them. They- that, was, that was what we refer to as a smoke route, and you've seen yeah. how, close they, how quick they close. I, I, I do not want to see that on Sunday. I want to see us attacking the middle of the field while it's open. Right. they got to make up for it. Then you get this one right here. Like, it's just a blitz zero. On third and eight, like they just bring the house, all right? Not afraid to play behind it. And here you go, Charvarius Ward having a mm, – Did you guys see that? Charvarius Moore, what a freaking pick. Look at this. This is man coverage, zero blitz, right? Watch, watch the blitz. What third we eight, like they- I'm going to mute him. What do we say? Pressure pick, coverage sack, right? Watch his pressure pick. Six. Brung six. Look, look, look at Bosa. See him? Mm-hmm. Pressure pick. There you go. All right, let's go with the pick. And you watch it right here. They actually block it pretty good. Gibson's a little late getting there, but Bosa gets a short corner, and he gets the howl right here, and the ball's intercepted. And then you get this. Sometimes you just create a play for Nick right here, long limbo right here. And then Nick just gets on his bat trot, his bat trot to get to Sam Howell. It's beautiful. Get to the arm, pin him into the turf, and Lenore almost gets a second interception of the day. I thought he called a great game for the 40. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so there you go. Thank you, Baldy. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, thanks um, for cutting that up for us. Yeah. We've got so much, you know, so much material, so much content. If you know where to look for it, there's so much information out there for us as fans, man. Right. It, it makes what we're doing really, really easy. And again, go give Baldy a follow at Baldy NFL um, on Twitter. He's just, I don't want to sound morbid. I don't know any other way of saying it. This is just how my mind fires. But I look at some of these guys that played in the league and how they're they're just taking the time to break down the tape and give us all this information, all this content. And I'm like, they're not going to be around forever, guys. Let's yeah. let's not waste a freaking second pretending like we know more than them. Let's dig into that information and take advantage of it. So um, anything you guys want to add before we hit the defensive playmakers here for the 49ers to wrap this thing up? No, I think that's it. Now the only thing I'll, I'll say is just this defense, man. This is what scares me, Clayton. Mm-hmm. Their their front their front seven is is potent, and uh, you know I have my concerns on how well we're going to hold up against the uh, against the pass rush. 
Yeah. And that's the that's one matchup. Think about this, too. And I'm, I'm going to try to play the uh, the positive fan here for a minute and give you a little bit of hope, Chris. They have a great pass rush. What's the strength of our offensive line? Right. That's right. 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 So that's that. I don't want to say that's a positive, a positive for us as coach, <laughs> but it definitely you'd rather it be that way than the other way around. Right. And, you know, when you look at trying to start, you know, trying to get the run game going, our run blocking's been bad, but Aaron Jones is just making things happen. Okay. We, we kind of got a little bit of a neutralizer there. That's why this has all the making for this might be a little closer than we, we probably thought. It's just going to be, will the defense hold up? Right. That's going to be the big question. But when yeah. you look at their defensive playmakers, again, we talk about it Tuesday and Wednesday players, right, Emilio? Yep. Nick Bosa at the top of the list, 92.7 edge defender, premier position, put a check mark next to his name. Right. Um, Fred Warner, linebacker, 90.1, put a check next to his name. Let's jump down to Charvarius Moore, 82.6, cornerback, put a check next to his name. Only 24 snaps for uh, Kendall, Sheff- uh, Kendall Sheffield at 82.5. If he's playing, he's showing that he's got all the, all the, right, all the right moves for sure. Eric Armstead at defensive line, 81.9, okay? So when we look at those – if I had to pick three on defense that, hey, look, let's make sure we take care of them, Nick Bosa's at the top of the freaking list. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner is an absolute ball hawk. He's just a playmaker at the linebacker position. And our Charvarius Moore is a stud at corner. So if you're going to attack this defense, it doesn't mean you avoid those guys, but you damn sure better know where they're at on the field, especially Nick Bosa. Right. So the question is, can Zach Tom handle Nick Bosa by himself? Are we going to have to chip him a little bit? Um, I have a lot of faith in Zach Tom. I really do. So mm-hmm. uh, and Nick Bosa doesn't move around near as much as some of these other edge defenders we've watched. He's primarily, if I remember correctly, watching the tape, he's primarily over the right tackle. But you will see he will loop with some of these long working stunts, like right. some of those NAS, some of those NASCAR looks, kind of kind of get him. You know that that's kind of where it comes down to the offensive line when there's only one down lineman. Everyone's got to pay attention, man. Everyone's got to be head up, ready to roll. Because um, I mean, these three players, 800 snaps plus. They're, they're going to be on the field. You know, there's going to be few opportunities when he's not rushing, you know, over Zach Tom or uh, with, on a loop. Yeah, and they're bringing four or they're bringing six. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. according to the percentages across the league. That's they do that more than any other, you know, more than most of the, the teams in the league. They, right. They're going to bring four. They're going to bring six. Jordan Love against the, against pressure and against the rush. Been playing absolutely amazing. So get the running game going early. Use the play action off of that. And uh, attack that middle, the middle of the field, because they're probably going to be a middle field open a lot. I, I have a hard time believing they're going to go in and watch the Dallas State and go, "Yep, we need to play middle field close." They'll probably play middle field open here. Right. So. But if we get a middle field close, let's take advantage of it. You yeah, know, we need definitely. to eat that up. Definitely. If you can, and they're going to run it. That's the thing too. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. When we show the tendencies, we're not saying they're never going to do it. They're still doing it a large per, uh, percentage of the time, right? It's a right. good chunk. Like when you talk about middle field close, they're doing it forty percent of the time. They're doing middle field open 46% of the time. So they're showing a good balanced look there. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm pointing out that middle field close is 27th most in the league and middle field open is 11th most in the league. So right. uh, just something to keep us consideration. And the fact that they're playing middle field open might have something to do with the fact that they're so bad against zone run because they're playing with two safeties on the shelf. And as we pointed out with the Joe Barry defense, when we're actually playing the Joe Barry defense, one of the weak spots is being able to meet those run fits from the top down. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how everything plays out. Hopefully that information um, kind of hits home. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun just diving into this stuff, man. I enjoy it. Let's go around the horn one time. We're at an hour and four minutes. I can't believe we got through all the info, though. But uh, go ahead, uh, Emilio, around the horn, buddy. What else you got to add? Like we were talking about, I think it's going to be big for uh, the D-line, you know, against, against Brock there. Um, you know, Trent Williams is great. He's obviously up there in age, but, I mean, the dude is elite at what he does. So we're going to need, you know, uh, Preston, Gary, all them to step up. And uh, really, I think Jordan's just going to kind of cook when he gets a chance. You know, it's not like he's going to have every opportunity to throw the ball all over the yard. I think, you know, we got to open it up with Aaron. I think it's going to be big. Aaron Jones needs to have a big game, but I think we need a big game from the backups, too. Um, yeah. You know, Wilson's got to have a, a big game. If we can get the tractor back, I'd love to, you know, get the glow plugs warmed up now um, and start that diesel up. But if if not, I think that, uh, I mean, the rest of them really got to get got to get going. And we need to play downhill, downfield, and we need to wrap up and tackle. So uh, it's kind of gonna, it's got to be everything. We never thought we were going to be this far. So right. every, every every minute, every second of this game, just take advantage of it. You know, soak it in, watch it, love it. I mean, everyone that was pushing the team down. We were talking about this moment now. We're, will we be playing in January? Will it will it mean anything? Will we have fun? I'm having a great time. I'm blessed, man. Yeah, we we got snowed in. I'm sitting here talking Packers. I we get to watch more football this weekend. I don't know what else we can, you know, not be happy about. So I think it's going to be great. And um, let's let this young team just play, man. Yeah. Hey, look, no one's expecting them to win. We know that. I, I'm I'm still kind of waiting on the line. I was looking earlier. I'll see if I can pull it up. If there's an early line, I doubt there is because well, I don't know. It may be out now. I but thought Chris, they were like down to nine or seven or nine, or nine, is, like nine is ten on. Um, is it? Yes. Yeah. Let's look at it here. PFF has the market at not. They don't have the market listed. So you're saying you're seeing ten? Is that right? Minus ten. Yeah, on, on BetUS. Oh. Yeah. Lord wow. have mercy. I'll tell you what, I'm taking that plus 10 on BetUS. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. anytime you got a team where it's plus 10, unless it's, uh, you know, yeah. I don't want to say it. I don't want to dog anybody. But Yeah, you're I'm Kevin from the office. You get a, any Anyone's got a plus 1,000 bet on anything, you take it. Yes. So go over to BetUS, and when you do that, guys, if you want to help the pot out, if you decide to put a little action on it, you put five bucks on it, right? Um, BetUS, the official sports book of Packers Total Access. Click the link in the description of this video, and that'll send you right to their website. Use that link to register for free as a customer. And then, obviously, if you want to make a deposit and put a little, little bit of money down, do that through BetUS. They're awesome. They're the official sports book of Packers Total Access, America's favorite sports book for 30 years now. Been getting good feedback from them, too. You guys showed up in force, and we appreciate y'all supporting appreciate us. Appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Chris, go ahead. Any Anything else you want to add, buddy? Yeah, man, listen, this is an another epic battle, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it. You know, the Packers are are uh, are plus 10. Um, I'm taking that bet on BetUS, no doubt about it. But, you know, these games are always won in the trenches. I, You know, I think that's yes. fair to say. And and uh, and Emilio mentioned um, the, uh, the defensive line, so I'll mention the offensive line and how we, um, just like we were able to control – um, some folks last week is Bosa, right? Is Bosa, mm -hmm. Warner, um, and uh, Hargrave. They're the big defensive tackle they brought in from the Eagles last year. So, um, you know, how, how, we, uh, how we handle them is, uh, is going to be a, a, my key to the game. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know this. If this guy continues to get better. He's here to tell you, Pack is back. <laughs> he hurt.
<laughs> if he continues to play like he did last week, and I'm I'm digging the new attitude. Yeah. Him shooting that side eye at reporters that dogged him all week. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it. That's what you need on defense. Then he had a pack his back in on the field. Oh yeah. Yeah, that video. You heard it from a fan. Yeah. <laughs> when I seen it, when I seen him holding his ankle, I went, he's done for the year. And then seeing him walk off and then filming that going off the field, I was like, oh, he'll, he'll be playing. Well, I texted you right away. I said, man, that was a non-contact. I didn't like how I didn't like how that popped. It, yeah. it didn't look right. I agree, man. Completely agree. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be here quick tonight. I got to work my rear end off. I got to get chalk talk ready. We'll do chalk talk tonight. And then we'll get everything geared up. I got to go out of town Friday, which I usually take Friday night off anyway. So we'll do a morning show Friday. Mm -hmm. We'll be off Friday night and we'll be off Saturday morning. But I'm going to do a pregame show and a postgame show. Okay. So that's why I'm trying to get into this game plan a little bit quick and get you guys all this information for sure. We should have going to melt off Clayton's house today. He's going to be burning up in there. (laughs) I'm telling you, bro. It's going to be all day long. I just need something to get me fired up. You know? Yeah, here we go. Hit y'all with the trifecta there. Um, all right, we're out of here, guys. Can't thank y'all enough for hanging out with us. This was an absolute blast. I want to say thank you to Robert Johnson, who's a m- new member of the PTA. Appreciate that, Robert. Yeah, man, if, you, uh, if you're interested in joining the PTA Posse, you just click on our homepage on our YouTube channel and click the tab Join, and that will send you straight to uh, you know the uh, the membership group there, and you'll be a member of the PTA Posse. That enters you into the contest to win autographed memorabilia moving forward um mm-hmm. i know we're sending out the autograph david Bakhtiari jersey uh mm-hmm. right now to our boy who was it was it romero yeah romero no, R. we did ta- uh, good i'm glad he emailed man i was worried i said romero what are we doing yeah absolutely well here's another one paul robertson in here making fun of everybody and their family and everything else he still hasn't emailed me paul, oh he's email. missing out email me you're gonna get the autograph james lofton card so this week i'm we're gonna decide right now i'm gonna let emilio and chris decide all right what do we want to give away this week? We got two autograph cards. Okay. We got Romeo, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna decide. No, I can't. Please. Do Romeo Dobbs just came off a huge game, right? Oh. Huge game. What if we gave away an autographed rookie Romeo Dobbs card? No better time. Hey, wow. I think I think we got to take advantage of. It. I was yeah. gonna let y'all choose. I think we got to take advantage of that. No, I think that thing is hot right now. Yeah, I think so too. So that's what it's gonna be for anyone who is a member of the PTA Posse. By midnight Friday night, because the game's on Saturday, we'll mm-hmm. put your name on a wheel. We'll spin it during the post game show Saturday night after the 49ers game, and we're going to give away an autographed rated rookie Romeo Dobbs card. Okay, and it's uh, looks like uh, it's I don't even know the name of some of these card companies now, but this was donated by United Bates. Man, it's a oh, sweet man. looking card, sweet looking card. So there you go. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us again, Robert Johnson. Thanks for joining the PTA Posse. Appreciate you, bud. Uh, we will be back tonight for PTA Live. Ask me what we're going to do tonight on PTA Live, guys. Chalk Talk Edition. Sorry. That's right. You're not excited. I was, I was about. I was actually going to answer it with, "I don't know." We'll figure it out. But you're right. <laughs> Chalk Talk. So thank hit that like tonight. button. Hit that like button. Go check us out on Spotify. You know all those QR codes, all that good stuff. You know we're here. Hey, he not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all so much. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you tonight. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. <laughs>